have your cake and eat it too. This is Songs in My Head. Welcome back to another episode of Songs in My Head, a podcast for music nerds by music nerds. Episode six, yeah. moving moving right along. Uh, you know, just Kermit and Fozzie over here. <laughs> um, you know, just back into it. Uh, we had a really special episode last week, so, you know, thought we'd just get back into kind of our wheelhouse again back to a regular episode uh how are you okay how are you joined by Kristen as usual Hello. i'm doing well um you know I've, I've been really getting a lot getting into this episode a lot because the album that you gave me was it was a lot <laughs> but like in a good way so i uh yeah, I really, really got into this album. So I guess we'll just just hop right into it. Yeah. Um, for episode six, you gave me the band Cake. Uh, the album was Fashion Nugget, which is a <laughs> it's a great it's a great name. Um, so it's their second studio album. It was released September seventeenth, nineteen ninety six. Um, something that I read is actually the album was just because of one song, the album was gold by December of that year, and it was platinum within the first quarter of the next year. So, like, holy hell. Yeah, that was a big hit. Yeah, I mean, like, it's. I think it's said that, like, it's one of their most well-known hits of all of their songs which i mean well i'll talk about it we'll get there um this album is it's like it's everything that you want it to be because like just i'm just gonna read this verbatim because the way that it was written is so funny this album contains elements of alternative rock rock funk hip-hop, rockabilly, jazz, country, pop rock, folk rock, and Latin music. (laughs) Yeah, I was reading about their inspirations, and there was, like, so much listed. Yeah. Mariachi and... uh, Right, like... Iranian folk music. Super-duper random. Yeah, it was, like, very specific. Yeah, but, like, you can hear it. Oh, yeah. Like, they're just... They're very... I know I've used this phrase before and I'm going to use it again. They're very avant-garde because like they got like, what was it? I think the song reached, the one song reached number four on like the Billboard Hot 100 rock charts. But like some parts of the album don't necessarily strike me as like any type of alternative or rock music in general. Right. But, like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, even the lyrics, there's a lot of times when it's more spoken than song. Yeah, yeah, like it's like slam poetry or something. But, like, the, the lead singer's vocal delivery when he does sing is so, like, dry and deadpan. Oh, yeah. That, like, it makes the lyrics that he's singing just that much better. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was... Um... That was what I read when the the band is normally noted for three things. I guess specifically the trumpet, the the one player does. Yeah. Um, the ironic, sarcastic lyrics and exactly what you said—the deadpan, monotone voice. Right. But it really works. Yeah, I mean it's their shtick. Like it works for them, and I mean they've had a pretty long career. I mean they—the last I saw, they just released an album in 2017. Yeah, it was a couple of years. Um, and I think it said that they're actually working on new material. They released like a single in the last two years. So, I mean, to make to be around for that long and still be as well known, they did something right. Yeah, I mean, when they when I first heard them, it almost felt like a novelty act of some sort. <laughs> right. But they really kept it going. Right. Yeah, it's almost like in a similar fashion to the way that I felt like the first time I heard like the gorillas. Yeah. Where you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but then like the more you listen to their stuff, you're like, oh, damn. Okay, this music is like really well put together. So we'll just go do the usual track by track. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure because like in my research I did struggle a little bit on some of the songs because they just weren't it wasn't very deep yeah. some of it was just like straightforward silly lyric kind of stuff yeah I feel like some of it they just like the way the words sound yeah so you go with so it. like for for example like for the first track which is called Frank Sinatra like I like the song but I can't tell you what it's about I mean like it seems like it's kind of all over the place because like part of it almost sounds like you're hearing things between the white noise. Yeah. But then like there's a part about a guy that collects everything and. Yeah. I mean, I started to look a little bit on this one because this is one of the ones that always sticks in my head just because it was the first track. Right. And um, the beginning is kind of sciencey about radiation mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So, um, when I was reading about that, it says we know of an ancient radiation that haunts dismembered constellations. Um, I mean, it sounds catchy, right? But you know, people were thinking that it, it you know, refers to like the Big Bang theory radiation that's like left over from you know that happening, and like it's from all these sources, but no particular source. So in my head, it's just like, oh well, you know, I kind of think of some like far away place and like this little old man who has this ordinary life and collects these little things and like finds the joy and like the tiny little things almost like you know you're looking at this giant universe and looks like zeroing in on this one like ordinary person hmm. i don't know interesting that's the vision i have but i mean the sciencey stuff i was kind of yeah I, I almost got like a um like a madame curie oh vibe from like the radiation part like the sciencey radiation hearing the things between the white noise yeah that's what it made me think of i don't know it's one of those like open for interpretation kind of things 
serious nerd music. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like some serious nerd music on like a Weezer level. Yeah. Like a lot of this stuff is. You know what though? I'll get into it more, but like I shouldn't really say that because most of this album is surprisingly like mushy love songs. But like you don't. It's covered up. Yeah. Lyrically, the meanings are are mushy love songs, but it's covered up by all the things that make Cake who they are. Right. So, like, like for example, The Distance. That's the next track on the album, which is, hands down, biggest track they have. Um, I mean, like, they have a ton of stuff that's popular, but, like, none of them come even close to this song like yeah you hear it all the time so like the actual meaning of it is like it's a song about a man that falls in in love with a woman and he basically like convinces himself that he needs to be successful in order to have her attention but like she also once loved him in return, but because he was so devoted to like proving himself that she's just lost interest. Yeah. I don't, um, I definitely got that. And you know, the parts where they're talking about like, there's no prize. Right. He's continuing to go and you have this image of like, yeah, somebody racing in an empty track and whatever. And it's like, right. Where it says like no trophies, no, no flashbulls. Like there's nobody there. It's just some guy that's just sadly racing by himself. Yeah. It's like a but like, pursuit because she's already, it's interesting because they use the, the race car driver metaphor, like to represent this guy that like, strives for so much success to be like Mr. Big Shot in her life that he ends up overdoing it and missing out on the fact that she already liked him. Yeah, all she wanted was his time and attention. Yeah, and he was like, well, I have to be the best. You're the best around. Um, Yeah, he didn't expect that one, huh? I did not. So, uh, the next song is... Friend is a four-letter word, which I interesting interestingly had a like epiphany about when I read the lyrics and then kind of like the interpretation side by side. Because like when I listened to it, I didn't get that this was a song about a guy that was in love, but he was so deep in the friend zone that it was just frustrating. And you can hear it in the lyrics. I mean, like, right. you know, he it's talks. Emotional. To, yeah, oh, yeah, it's very emotional. It's funny to think that it's emotional, yet, you know, there's like deadpan, almost monotone right. Right. in some places. But yeah, so, I mean, it's an interesting kind of look at the way that the lyrics are laid out. And I don't know why. I didn't, like, make that connection initially, but, like, now that I've read that, I totally get it. Yeah. Like, it definitely stands out. Yeah, I mean, um, I think the first time I heard this album, well, for years, I don't think that I really connected what it was about either. Right. Um, But hearing it more recently, it's like, well, you know, 
coming from her, all he hears in the word friend is end, you know. Right. End is the only part that I heard. Right. Yeah, so definitely a, a very deep, deep yeah. meaning in that one. And the music behind it, too, is kind of dark. Yeah. Uh, after that is Open Book. And kind of what I got out of it is <clears throat> it's it's like a girl putting herself out there, kind of putting all of her cards on the table and really like opening up to somebody. But like that somebody has no idea where to start. Right. So like you're like, OK, here I am. This is me. I'm an open book. And they're like, OK, but like what chapter do I start with? It's like, do I start at the end? Is this a choose your own adventure? Is it like a Goosebumps book? Is there like an index in the back? Right. Jump like, to certain spots. Right. Like, is it going to tell me? You know, so it, it's definitely another one of those like, and this is what I was saying. Like, you know, I'm only what? One, two, three, four tracks in. And three out of four have been songs about relationships. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it's. Deep at the core, this is a... I'm going to go out on a limb. This is an emo album. (laughs) That's covered up with some really funky-ass music. And it makes sense. It just works. (laughs) So, the next song is called Daria. Which I think is kind of coincidental because to backtrack to the song Frank Sinatra, the only note that I made about it is that it's actually been featured on The Sopranos and Daria. (laughs) So when I was reading down further and I remembered that that track was called Daria, I was like, oh, huh, that's kind of weird. So it's a girl named Daria who had like a rough relationship with I a lot of the sources that I saw said with the lead singer. Um and he essentially like did her wrong, but then when she got mad, he tried to play the victim. So it was a lot of like a lot of finger pointing and rocky relationship kind of stuff, which again, you know. It's covered up in the song, but like it's it's a pretty deep deep meaning. Yeah. Uh so the next song is Race Car Yaya's. <laughs> you you can see right here. I put a question mark. It's a it's a catchy little song. The lyrics don't make sense. Has the word testicles in it? It has the word testicles in it. <laughs> uh, from the only thing that I gathered is that it's literally just maybe them kind of talking about like people that are just really into cars. <laughs> I know you guys can't see me, but right now I'm just kind of like that like shrugging my shoulders me or emoji where it's just like Ugh. I feel like this is one of the ones that you can't dig too deep. Yeah, no. I mean, you just look at it at the surface. It's just like a silly little... But, like, it's silly, but it doesn't feel like filler. Yeah. Like, it's not fluff. Because the song is still, like, a fun 
song. Because, you know, like on other albums, like you get a silly track here or there and it just feels like it's like they just threw it in there to have another song on the album. But like this actually is just like another song, like it just fits. Yeah. So uh, after that is a cover song. I love covers. Shocker. This is a good one. This is a great one. Because it's I Will Survive, which is a cover of uh, Gloria Gaynor's classic, classic, like, chef's kiss disco hit. I mean, like, it's a great song. The original song is a great song. This cover is a great song. However, (laughs) I know what you're going to say. Gloria Gaynor does not think this is a great song. This is actually her least least favorite version, and only because the lead singer changed one word. Instead of saying, I should have changed that stupid lock, he says, I should have changed that fucking lock. And it made her like not like it because (laughs) of the profanity. Okay. Oh, sometimes you guys gotta do it. I guess, but like, <laughs> I love this this cover, honestly. Like, and it, it really, it's like they do like a really, really simple version of it because they let the trumpet do a lot of the work that like the synthesizer and stuff would have done on the original track. Right. So I think it really makes it kind of sing out more. And then with the lead singer's delivery of the actual lyrics, I mean, it's it, it knocks it out of the park. Honestly, I think it's just a great a great track. Yeah, this is um probably one of the first covers that I really enjoyed, and kind of started the whole love of covers. Do you want to know what my first favorite cover was? Hmm. This will be an interesting one, and we might talk about this in a, in a future episode. Uh Nirvana's cover of The Man Who Sold the World. That's true. One of my favorite covers of all time because, first of all, David Bowie. I'm a huge David Bowie fan. But, like, that was one, like, the first time I heard it, I was like, wow. Like, holy hell. This is a great, great rendition of this song. Yeah, I think those that, that album plus this one probably around the same time for me. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'd say so. Well, so. I think no, Nirvana would have been before. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, well, yeah, because what Kurt Kurt died in ninety four, so yeah, a couple years before. Yeah, but it's all kind of blended together in my high school years for me. I was gonna say, I mean, this, you know, you figure this uh, that album probably came out ninety three. Or tail end of 90, like close into 94, something like that. Don't quote me on that. I, I, I'm not sure on the dates. This one's 97. I feel like the music that you listen to between like 1991 and 1999, it's all just the 90s. And it doesn't matter when you listen to it. So I, I think... I think for me, like, I just connect the memories with the songs. And you yeah. know, there's that small window of yeah. you know, high school 90s. Versus, you know, the rest of the 90s for me. Right. So, I don't know. No, I, I totally get it. I agree. The next track on the album uh, is 
stick shifts and safety belts, which is a very, <laughs> a very interesting name. It, it seems to me like it's just a song about like just going on a road trip with like your best your best girl at your side. That's kind of what I got out of it. It's just that's the vibe you get because it talks about like you know sitting in the seat together and like I don't know. I mean, do you have anything to add on that one? No, 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 I'm just listening. That's what you got from that too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, road trip. Yeah, wanting her to sit right next to him. So yeah, it seems like a seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's a fun song though. Um, so the next song is perhaps 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 so i didn't realize it's actually also a cover really it is i did not know that well buckle up your safety belt (laughs) so this cover is of a spanish song called Quizas, Quizas, Quizas by the Cuban songwriter Osvaldo Ferres. It became a hit for Bobby Capo in 1947. So this song is pretty old. And then the next year, in 1948, it was translated into English by the most basic person's name ever, Joe Davis. <laughs> This was my favorite thing that I read about this, though. The first, like, English recording was by Desi Arnaz. Really? In 1948. Now, I'm assuming that you know who Desi Arnaz is. For those of you that don't, uh, that would be... Ricky Ricardo from I Love Lucy and Lucille Ball's husband outside of all of that. So I thought that was super, super cool. But then like, it's been covered a lot. Like other than just by cake, some notable, these are just like some artists that kind of stood out to me. Like the list was just like in the English translation alone. The list was, it spanned over decades, like that this song was covered. But here's some notable ones. Bing Crosby, Nat King Cole, Doris Day, who, oddly enough, when I was doing research on a different site, um, they said that it was her version that was the original version. And I was like, that's wrong, but okay. Um, then we jump ahead of quite a few decades here. Uh, Jerry Hollowell, Emma Bunton, (laughs) if you're keeping track, that's two Spice Girls. Uh, the Pussycat Dolls. Wait, do they separately do it? Yes, separately for their own albums. Really? Mm -hmm. Like a couple (laughs) years apart. I know, super random. Uh, the Pussycat Dolls, and the last one is most like, what? Andrea Bocelli. What? But, like, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, so, I definitely have a different respect for this song. 
uh, you know, it being originally a Spanish song that was converted into English and then covered just by so so many like big names even before Cake covered it. Like, perhaps I'll have to check them out. Okay. <laughs> um. So the next song is called "It's Coming Down," which uh, I kind of gathered as a song about a relationship that's basically like on the brink of a collapse. Um, you know, that's like, it's essentially it's metaphorically coming down pretty much. Yeah. It's just like on its last leg, pretty much. That's what I got out of it anyways. Yeah. Um, so after that is the song nugget. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure really what it's about. Um, but it kind of seems like it's a, like a semi-political rant. Like if you listen to the lyrics, like he talks about, you know, bloated bureaucrats and stuff like that. So maybe it's, I just, I just like this song. Is this the shut the fuck up one? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's goofy, but like, Okay. I like it. Got your attention. Oh yeah. It's a it's a little nugget of joy. So <laughs> after that is uh the song She'll Come Back to Me, which is like their attempt at a country song. Um and there's a there's some interesting theories on the meaning of this song. Um three notable ones. Three. Three that I found. Uh, one of them is that the girl is cheating on him, and he thinks that she'll come back to him, but she's not gonna. Um, then there's another theory that it's a man who's hopelessly in love with a girl that he can't move on with his own life. So, those two... Okay, sure. I can kind of hear either of those. Man, this third one <laughs> is like conspiracy theory to the max. You ready for this? Of course. Got my safety belt on. The <laughs> the other two people who assassinated JFK on the overpass and behind the fence in the rail yard and their torrid three-way relationship with the babushka lady. What? I read that and I was like... Whoa. Where did that go? Whoa. From? Like, that one was way out of left field. But yeah. I just read it and it made me laugh because I was like, <laughs> that's a stretch, man. Like, holy hell. Yeah, I did not see that coming. No. That's my favorite song on the album. Like, it's a good song. Yeah, I mean, for as upbeat as it sounds i think it's very sad and emotional yeah like, um i always thought it was the first you know the first meeting you described where he's in love with her but she's but she's cheating on him maybe not cheating but yeah she or says, but she's got her eyes on somebody else yeah and he's yeah. like oh you know yeah kind of like come back yeah kind of like the the classic like if you love something let it go and if it comes back it was meant to be that yeah. kind of vibe yeah, I think it's more like that, but who knows? JFK assassination? Maybe. Uh, so the next song, 
on the album might be in my top three favorite songs on this album, which is uh, Italian Leather Sofa. Because <laughs> it's just super fun. Um, essentially, it's like a cynical view of a relationship that's built on superficiality and hedonism. Yeah. I definitely got that. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely, definitely <laughs> got that. Um, right down to the breasts. That's the funniest. That That is the equivalent of the, the dice that dangle like balls. <laughs> like the the specificity behind that lyric the way that he like emphasizes it is so fucking funny like it just makes the track so funny yeah the first time you hear it you don't expect it no no you don't at all and then you're like wait did he just say what but it gives you a visual oh yeah oh yeah it does (laughs) so um the last song on the album is called sad songs and waltzes which is another like really good like tearjerker kind of song also is a cover song yeah i didn't know that this song is a cover of willie nelson's song from his 1973 classic album shotgun willie I I read that and I was like, hold on, what? Yeah. Then when I pulled up Willie Nelson's uh, wiki, this song or this album that it's on was like his 16th studio album. <laughs> 16. Like he was 39 when this album came out. And he's still making music. The list was so long that it was three rows across (laughs) the page. I was like, yo, how much music has this guy made? Apparently a lot. So, I mean, overall, I thought this was a great album. I really enjoyed listening to it. I had a good time with it. I was really hoping you'd like it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... Obviously, like, I knew the distance, and, like, I knew their cover of I Will Survive, but, like, the rest of it is a really solid album. I mean, like, there's not a part of it that I don't like, and I because I think that each track is unique in its own way, but, like, it all works in some sort of weird... It's like you're... It almost like when you sit down and listen to it, you could hear it like being played at a jazz club. Because like that's how it feels where like the songs don't make sense, but then they do make sense. Yeah. So like I kind of I kind of like that part about it where it's just like, you know, it's all over the place, but like somehow it works cohesively. Yeah. I think if I had to if I had to pick like a favorite on here i'm gonna go with the distance to be quite honest because it's just like it's just one of those songs that like when it comes on the radio like you just turn it up and you're just into it but as far as like out of left field i really like perhaps 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 a lot 
I think it's a great song. I mean, and now that I know that it's got like a lot of history behind it, that just makes it even cooler. Like they really dug deep on like the covers that they chose. Yeah. Like super deep. So I, I, I really enjoyed this album a lot. And I already liked Cake just because of like all the random stuff that I've heard on the radio. But now that like I've dove into this album, I just like them even more. Good. So I, I definitely, I'll definitely be listening to this album a lot more in the future. Yeah, I, I really like their, their one right after this too. And you probably recognize a song or two off that. Yeah, I think the next one... Um, Bonnie and the Magic? Is that the next one? Yeah, I, th- I believe so. I'm pretty sure that one has... Uh, um, doesn't that have short skirt, long jacket? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, I was um, trying to dig deep in my brain for that. But yeah, I think you'd like that one as well. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a high high quality choice i i really enjoyed this album good because when i when i was making a list and thinking of what to to give you for this one i was like "Mm, i don't know it's kind of out there (laughs) right and kind of you know older it's weird because i feel like i don't know it doesn't feel like a almost 30 year old album no it doesn't at all like it's it's kind of it's kind of similar to like how i felt about uh the blue album yeah where like that album is is from 94 but like it doesn't feel like it no and this is this is from 97 same way like i i don't guard (laughs) i just wanted to say it that's fine uh yeah prolonging the magic is the next album that they put out Oh, yeah, it has Never There. Yeah, I was going to say there was another on one as well. Yeah, I think That's really he... the only recognizable one, like, by name. But Yeah, there's a few I know because I've listened to this. Oh, Sheep Go to Heaven. You should listen to it. <laughs> It'll get stuck in your head. Okay, I'll definitely have to... <laughs> I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah. Um. So... We'll take a take a quick breather on the albums and um, talk about some earworms, maybe. Yeah. I know you were saying that you didn't really have any like additional ones that stuck out, but you were saying that like stuff that you were listening to for this episode. Yeah, so just kind of mm, dug in. Not to give too much away, but you know, um, the artist I had, I had. You know, their earlier stuff in my head from another episode. Um, just kind of certain lines of it playing in my head. Right. Um, a few tracks on this album were playing in my head. Um, I don't think there's any unusual. Sometimes I have some, like, way out there ones, but not not this time. What about you? So, uh, I had some like random stuff um there was like uh a new (laughs) here we go there was a new miley cyrus track that i heard recently (laughs) uh that i really enjoyed um 
because it just it's like nothing I've ever heard from her before. Hmm. It sounds very like very retro. It's like very eighties, like blondie kind of vibe. I can't can't think of what it's called off the top of my head. Huh. I'm gonna look it up just for namesake. Um, but yeah, like I heard it for the first time. It's called Midnight Sky. It's a really good song. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely a very, very unique track that I, I heard and, uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. You know what was in my head when I was telling you that I alive with the glory of love? Yeah. Whatever it was in my head. It's been my head <clears throat> since I watched Scrubs and it was at the end of one of the Scrubs episodes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a great song. So ever since then it's been stuck. Um... Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of the other stuff is just kind of random. Oh, God, you know what? So, the other day, I threw on this playlist that I added on Spotify that's called Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And it's literally just a playlist of of all of the songs that appear in a Tony Hawk game, which is, like... A lot. A lot. <laughs> and, like, quite honestly, we haven't really gotten into this much before, but... Uh, maybe we'll make it into an episode at some point. Um, Tony Hawk's soundtracks and music sound or video game soundtracks in general really exposed me to a lot of music when I was growing up. Like when I, I remember playing like the first two Tony Hawk games and they really got me into like, like AFI, uh, Goldfinger, Bad Religion. Like they got me into a lot of like big punk bands, like, so I, I I really it was like a nostalgia thing. I, I had added it because of the re-release of the original to- two Tony Hawk games. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna throw this on and listen to it while I'm at work. It was a busy night and I just wanted something to just kind of put on. And um then for the next like four days, the song Superman by Goldfinger was stuck in my head, which is not a bad song to have stuck in your head, but oh, like right. But like it's such a that's such a great song, so that that was another one of those like, even when I was listening to other music, I found myself like humming that sometimes, and I'm like, no, we're listening to something different. Please stop. <laughs> so that was that was all for my my random earworms this week. There was some other new music that I've been listening to lately, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll talk about that a little later. So, all right. Um, Josh chose Boys Night Out self-titled album for me to go uh, over this week. Um, yeah, I, I kind of thought that it would be a nice, a nice uh, bring it back, like callback to episode one, right? Since you know we had our special episode last episode, I figured. And you had already said that you wanted to dive into their yeah. stuff a little bit more. So I, I thought this was a yeah a good um, time. Yeah, this was their third full-length album, <clears throat> released in 2007. Um, from what I was reading is uh, a lot of people thought that there were, you know, big improvements in the bands, um, showing their progression as a band coming, you know, with this. Um, that Connor's voice was improving. There's, like, a lot more, di- like, diverse sound yeah. That he had on this album, um, that they were harmonizing well. Um, so I heard that from the reviews. 
um, what I was reading from the fans, though, were mixed. It seemed like there were, you know, the the fans that liked Trainwreck and the fans that didn't. Right. And it seemed to be pretty divided by, you know, how they how they felt about this album. Um, I didn't. I mean, I liked it. Yeah. I like Trainwreck. I, I don't know. I, I see the benefit in, you know. So, as as the resident Boys Night Out fan, um, the first few times that I listened to Trainwreck, I didn't like it. Because it wasn't like an album that you could pick, like we've talked about this before, where you could really pick one song and just listen to it. Because it, it sometimes, like, the... the the story doesn't make sense. Yeah, it took me a few times through to actually but like, start to appreciate it. They're self-titled. I attach to very quickly because it's very straightforward. And like all the messages are song to song. It's not, it doesn't tell you a whole story. Each song has very deep lyrics. Yeah. So like... That was why I I really attached to this album a lot. But then, like, after I had gone back and listened to Trainwreck after that, then, like, it grew on me more and more. And then it was like I couldn't pick which one I liked more, whether it was the self-titled or Trainwreck. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, it seems like every, you know, both have their strong points. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes, yeah, so I read a lot about that. Um, <clears throat> what I was reading is that um, this was when the original drummer returned. Um, and I think, I can't remember what review I was reading, but my favorite quote about everything that I read about the album was, how do you follow up a concept album about a man losing his sanity and going on a killing rampage? Why you write an album about drinking, suffering, and despair? I was like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. Exactly. So, uh, coming into listening to this, I mean, I already knew that they were going to have, you know, it's going to be going to be catchy in some places. It's going to be dark, um, emotional. So, I mean, I kind of had an idea of what I would expect, but I, it went well beyond that. Yeah, I mean, and I don't want to interrupt you too much here, but like. This album is so different. I mean, like, that's like a, it's a very blanket statement, but like, comparatively, like, it's almost like Trainwreck, they had to be very over the top because they were telling a story. And in this one, it's a lot more polished and straightforward. So I think that's really what drives this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, so the first track, let's get your head straight. Uh, I felt like this one started the album out like fast and strong. It was a really good um, opening song. Um, some of the reviews said that it's, this is where Connor's improved vocals uh, really show. Um, the song seemed to be being, man, I can't talk today. The song <laughs> seems to be about getting cleaned up and off drugs. Um, but the song spoke to me because my interpretation was, you know, a mental health, get your head straight. Absolutely. Um, no, I, I, that's, I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. So, I mean, the chorus catchy is get your head straight before it's too late. Um, 
that kind of stuck in my head that was my earworm oh yeah and i mean like that lyric just slaps you right in the face right at the beginning yeah it's, it's almost like this is a kind of a picture for you it almost like sometimes when that song comes on it makes me feel like somebody's like reaching out and like grabbing me by the shoulders and just being like hey get your shit together like that's kind of how it feels when you listen to this yeah it kind of reminded me of like how um the fun album started with be calm like it yeah i don't know it does it, it grabs you um the thing that stood out a lot in this uh song was like an alliteration use in the second verse where they say the constant craving constantly collides with conscious contradictions constrained and condensed to stay inside i was like whoa yeah <laughs> Yeah, they they really get deep on, on Yeah, like, I had to take that one apart and I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, he they they really write some super like deep stuff. Yeah, and I mean when I listened to their their stuff, I mean I listened a few times through, then I looked at the lyrics, but then I read the lyrics like by themselves and it's it is poetic. I mean, I we talked about this before. Um but yeah, I mean it's there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, heavy yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, there were a lot of, like, um, symbols here about, like, um, the seeds of the monstrous trees. When I find out they're growing, I'll live off the leaves. Just a lot of, um, imagery, I guess, with it. Yeah, definitely. So I really like that one. Um, I think because it was the first track, I listened to it more than most of the others because I was trying to you know listen in order and then I get caught up in something else but yeah that track just really got stuck in my head um on a track two swift and unforgiving um this is where I read that Ben's drumming skills were really shining um to me I mean I don't do a lot with the music I'm more into the lyrics yeah I I can definitely attest to that that like yeah <clears throat> it just I don't know, just a lot of the breakdowns and stuff that he adds in there. Like, it's just all really, really well done. Yeah, I was like, it sounds good. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> it sounds really musical. Like, he's got drums. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, as far as my, you know, musical critiquing goes, I'm like, yeah, it sounds good. Um, <laughs> the tempo on this one slowed down a bit, little bit, and the chorus is another one that got stuck in my head you know we all drown down 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 um i mean this one i think was really open to interpretation because i mean it could mean any sort of drowning technically you know i like that they throw in the uh the loose, lips. loose lips sink ships in <laughs> i there. was like wait what <laughs> yeah I, I love that part um i mean it's not just like thrown in there like it's yelled in there I know. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, this one had a lot of imagery that I think was was pretty strong, and um, that's what makes it, you know, the poetic part stand out. Right. Um, so, yeah, on to the third track, The Push and Pull. Um, this one was, you know, the, the dysfunctional relationship type song. Yeah. Um, I think this was one of the beginnings. I think this beginning was one of the favorites of all the songs on the album, just because um it says there's room to breathe there isn't always room to breathe his lungs are longing for release his choices are a pack up and leave b <laughs> begin to make his peace or c start screaming until he has no voice he was never that great with multiple choice um i thought that was 
pretty clever. Right, because it's also it's almost like you're you're in somebody's inner thought process. Yeah. Where you're yeah. like you're like reading through and they're like, okay, well I could do this or this or this. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that beginning and then the chorus um definitely got stuck in my head. The we are the sum of the re- revealing answers to the questions of our feelings, which is a great quote just taken out of that song. Absolutely. Um I really like that. Um so in the song, I mean it goes through talking about, you know, how he, he was thinking of beating or whatever, but then you find out that they both love the, you know, the push and pull, the, you know, the confrontation. They seem to really, you know, embrace it. Yeah. And I I can't remember the other songs, but I know we've talked about this before in a few of the other songs. I think it was maybe Story of the Year. I'm trying to think of the album. But there were a few songs that this reminded me of. Um, just the, like the tumultuous yeah, where relationship. It's like, but they love each other. Right. Where it's like, you're almost like, why don't you guys like just leave each other? And it's like, because I don't know what I would do without it. Yeah, it was like, it makes them miserable, but it keeps them comfortable. Right. So there was, you know, a lot of emotion and really strong like imagery there with absolutely thinking of the couple um so i really like that one uh track four was up with me and this was the first single and this one is the one that has a video which i didn't get to watch um, oh i didn't know there was a video for this yeah, song. apparently i think this is the only one there's a video for in this album interesting but yeah so definitely gotta follow up with that sure um one thing that i read was this is supposedly for fans of the first album that didn't like Trainwreck. So I guess it was supposed to be on the style of their first album to like, okay. you know, cater to the, those fans. So like to cater more to the, like to the, the original post hardcore. Yeah. Like a little bit of the heavier vibe. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, um, the opening here again was, you know, real strong. Um, both the windows lock the doors. There's going to be a shit store of the life I lived. Cause our scars and wind to blow. Yeah, I mean, that one just... I don't know. I keep saying the same things, but it's poetic. It's, you know... I think something that that you see as a theme on this album is that, like, all of these songs, <clears throat> they start off very, very significantly. Like... Yeah. The way that they come in is there it's very what's the word i'm looking for it, i don't want to say forceful but it's like it, it's it, it makes itself known in right. the first like 30 seconds we'll everything is in. yeah it's very big all of them are very big and boisterous when they come right into it yeah yeah and i mean i, I feel like a lot of them i was reading something about um Someone said that a lot of their songs follow the formula. And I didn't really see it, but I mean, they all have strong openings. They all have catchy chorus to it. This one especially um, was one that's going to be in my thoughts a lot, I think, because um, the chorus on this was, I made mistakes, they keep me company. Oh man, what's up with me, but I've changed is comforting. It's just like, this one's an emotional song that I think you can connect with, you know, just thinking of the low points um just really emotional um 
Absolutely. The part that I liked at the end was there's something soothing. It's real as hell about climbing up from where you fell. You finally forget to be overwhelmed. So um, I think as much as, you know, things are dark, there's, you know, hope. So I liked it. Yeah, definitely. It's like, it's almost like a turnaround mm -hmm. where it's like, it's like knowing that you're at your lowest low, but that like things can only go up. Yeah, it's comforting that you've been at the bottom and, right. you know, you've, you've dealt with it. So Absolutely. Yeah, so I like that one. I feel like that's one of the songs that I might listen to on my, you know, low points. Um, <clears throat> on to track five, which the Heirs of Air, clever title. Um, Absolutely. I love that title. I didn't notice this in the first couple times listening through, but this would be like the political song on the album, I think. Like buried in something else because um what's the point of growing up growing old if you just grow tired i was like yikes Ooh. and then um yeah the song's a call for action which seems like super appropriate now oh um yeah raise hell riot don't go quiet and then they talk about how they're paying for past mistakes that they didn't make yeah we're going to pay for past mistakes we didn't make that's how it is who we are heirs of error and oh I was like, yeah. all right and okay. i mean thinking of it now yeah i mean especially really... especially with like the current climate and everything like damn that's yeah so i mean if you're thinking of the well the generation after me so you, that would be part of yours and after that we grew up quick and ill-equipped to handle this put trust in our leaders god and country each took off running with hope and crushed it in their hands so like, yeah Whoa. yeah wow and, you know, there's the we will rebuild or die trying. So I feel like this is a really political song without being obnoxious and in your face. Right. Um, which, I mean, I don't mind because I like punk music and a lot of it is no secret that, you know, it's political. <laughs> Absolutely not. But I also like the subtlety yeah. of this. Yeah, um, you can appreciate the fact that, like, they're trying to to make a point without... Yeah. Without, like, shoving it in your face. Yeah, I feel like there was one on another album. Maybe it was, um, maybe Store of the Year. I'm trying to remember what track it was. But one of them felt, like, political without... Oh, um, yeah, it was it was Story of the Year. Because it was, like, you had all of these really, like, deeply emotional songs. And all of a sudden, you just have this, like, super, like, punch-you-in-the-face Oh, Divine and Conquer? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, um, I mean, it's it's hidden in the depth of everything else. Right. But it's got such a strong meaning. It's be um, it's because they use their, like, the lyricism to really, to really, like, get the point across without being obnoxious about it. Exactly. Yeah, I felt this one was really timely for right now, you know, with everything <laughs> yeah everything that's going on in the world which stuff with that um so yeah i mean i definitely like that one for that reason it just it's kind of i don't know um that's hard to follow here um next track is let me be your swear word that one um what i liked best was one of the sentences that i read in the review from i think it was punknews.org um, about getting wasted and making sweet, sweet love. I was like, well, yeah, I guess that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like... 
that's very simple. Yeah, that's it's like not, it's it's a that's it's not a very, that simplified. No, because the song is definitely like oh yeah, way way deeper than that. I feel like that's what it was on the surface. <laughs> yeah, but but then like when you listen to it, you're like, oh okay, like yeah, I felt like this one um, showed Connor's vocal skill a little bit more too because um, it almost didn't sound like. I don't want to say it sounds rough, but like it was more of a, I don't know. I can't describe it. it it's almost, I'm going to use a word here that might sound out of place, but maybe you'll agree with me. It almost sounds like seductive. Yeah. Like in a way, because like. The, I was going to say smooth and. The music, the music itself has a very like eerily seducing type of tone to it and then you add in like his very smooth like smoothed out vocals on top of it and then you listen to the lyrical content and the whole thing is just very seductive yeah yeah that's that's because i think that they were deliberately trying to drive home like like this is a song about sex but like this is a song about bad decisions (laughs) because that, true. that's what it is it's a, it's essentially just a song about two people that hook up when they drink too much but they know it's wrong yeah yeah i, I think that was what it said is that you know you and me in the bottle makes three and then you know like that they're they're working on something that they probably shouldn't be doing yeah and then later on they say the next morning they wake up and steady and she pushes them out he leaves knowing he's no good for her yeah, and it says, like, I get it, I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, and it's like, it's almost like they both know, but, like, it's it's another, like, like push and pull. Like, mm-hmm. where it's like, they both know that what, they, what they're doing, they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, but, but they continue to do they it. They continue to do it because, like, a piece of them doesn't want to let that go. So they re- they rely on their dependency on alcohol. To like keep bringing them together yeah exactly yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense i mean i, I kind of got that but um it's a bit more deep oh yeah oh yeah i mean we're like on the surface you know well that's kind of why i laughed at their description because i was like <laughs> yeah. oh, okay on the surface that <laughs> that very simplistic description is like right on the money because like even that simple of a description is like oh yeah okay yeah i get it but yeah um like I said, his voice really stood out here, and what you said makes sense now. I mean, I I thought it sounded more um, polished, not his like edgy right tone that he normally has. So I definitely yeah agree with what you were saying. Um, so yeah, I like this one for that reason. I think his vocals really stood out here, and I mean, it song draws you in. Yeah, I mean. He doesn't like a song about sex, I guess. <laughs> well, I like, and I think another thing too, and I, I wasn't sure if you were going to mention it or not, but there's a lyric that always, that always stands out to me. And it's the title lyric in itself in the, like the bridge section when he says, let me be your swear word. I swear you'll be mine. Yeah. That's the last thing I wrote down. Yeah. Like that's such like a profound lyric because that is, that just drives home the fact that like, it's almost like they don't they don't even want to utter each other's names because they know that it's wrong. But like they keep doing it anyways because they know that it's right. 
Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. Like, it's, I don't know. I just, it, the the whole song, that's probably my favorite song on the album, I think. Or close to it. I mean, the whole album always resonates, like, big with me, but that song specifically, I just love the way it's written, the way it's, the way he sings it. It's a great song. Yeah, it's it's almost in what they don't say. Right. I think in some of these songs. Absolutely. Um, next <clears throat> next track was Hey Thanks. Hey Thanks. That sounds wrong, but whatever. Um, yeah, it starts out with you'll wake up wrapped in winter if you sleep all summer. Um, I don't know what I don't know what this one made me feel. I mean, this is one of those ones that I was like, okay, the lyrics are nice. I didn't really feel anything. Yeah, I think it's this song is one of those songs where I think maybe the placement on on the album wasn't necessarily in the right spot. Yeah. Like after a song like the previous one to have this one, it's it feels out of place. Like you you come off such like a a heavy a heavy oh, song yeah. and then like you have this and it's like, okay, this is a good song, but like it's nice, but like I don't, I don't connect with it. I have to remind myself that not every song has to be my favorite. Right. I think. Um, I mean, obviously, every album I've listened to, there's something that I don't like as much. But when I spend this much time and attention on everything, I'm like, I think not every album can be the blue album. I know. Just remember that. Every album has their surf. Surf Wax song or whatever that one is that's just every album has their <laughs> where's the party yes <laughs> every album has it or every album has their jimmy jimmy oh goodness that one had two of them <laughs> yeah so that's true i just i i think when i do this i have to remind myself that i'm not gonna like everyone right i mean like you might there are going to be some albums that, like, even even the low tracks are good tracks. Yeah. But, like, I, this one, I think it was just poor placement. Yeah, and I think, uh, again, I'm not sure I gave it a chance. Um, anyway, um, next track was Fall for the Drinker. Um, I feel like, in the beginning, it almost sounded like a Radiohead song. Like, there was, like, a dreamlike sound to the music. Um I don't think there was anything real deep in the lyrics. Uh, Again, another one. I mean, I felt like it's just a drinking song. (laughs) No, but I think it's interesting because if if you listen to it, uh, like in the second verse, he almost sounds like more belligerent. Like the way that he delivers the lyrics, it makes him sound like like more like he's intoxicated almost i was like, super distracted by this because instead of raise your your glass high i kept hearing <laughs> raise your glass high raise your glass high so, <laughs> just picture a room full of people and one guy in the back just well, what cartoon character was like a monster and hid like eyes in his hands oh uh from our real monsters yes uh you know who i'm talking about crumb Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I had this visual. <laughs> this little hairy monster guy. Like, raise your glass up. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I think maybe I didn't give it a fair chance because I just kept hearing that and, like, giggling. And, like, okay. had the visual. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's good. So, raise your glass up. 
Um, <laughs> uh, next one, Apartment 4. This one was... This one's good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's for the for the people that love drama. Um, talks about how the neighbors fight, but he's so used to it. And almost like he knows that it's probably not the best to be, you know, for them to be fighting, number one, and for him to be listening, but he doesn't want it to change. Right. Um, he's gotten addicted to it. He can't, he can't get them evicted because he's grown addicted. I... I... I love this song. I love yeah, the way I really do. the way it's written and like it's just so funny because it's almost like you've got this whole album about like like alcohol and substance abuse and then you've got a song about a guy that has grown addicted to drama. <laughs> yeah, but it's almost like full circle. I mean this this could be the person living underneath the push and pull couple or whatever. Right. Or the, you know, oh, wow. completely drunk I just said right, like I was going to agree with you on that, but then like I never thought about that. Yeah, I mean that could be like the same story, yet another perspective. Whoa! I know. I didn't think of that earlier, but it just came out, and I was like, Whoa. I know. Raise your glass eye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that even. <laughs> I knew you'd like that because you always seem to think it's hilarious when I hear things wrong. <laughs> right. And I mean, even though I knew that wasn't the lyric, I just can't unhear it. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I like this one because it's it's the guy who can't stop listening to what's going on and he can't, he won't stop it. Yeah. He won't complain. He won't, won't do anything to get them evicted because he needs it. Um, yeah. I like it. It's a emotional. It's almost like. Uh, but it's an escape from his life. Yeah. He's focused on their problems. It's almost uh, like Hitchcock. Esque. Oh yeah. Like that um oh god, what is the name of that movie? With the dude that uh like looks out of his window yeah. with the uh that's gonna bother me. I'm gonna have to look it up. Watch it be like called window or something. If it's called window, <laughs> I'm gonna be very, very angry. Oh man. Um all right, so while you do that, we'll move on. Yes. Um, track 10, Reason in Our Strong Suit. Um, this one is, talks about overcoming um, just everything. Oh, close. Rear window. Oh, I knew it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, that, that's almost like what it think, makes me think about because, like, he was watching these people from his window yeah and he becomes like so engrossed with what's going on that like a murder takes place or so he thinks and like it's a very deep like it was redone too i think oh yeah it's been it's been redone a couple of times i was gonna say recently but you know my recently could be anywhere in the last 10 years (laughs) (laughs) i have like zero concept of time right um Anyway, yeah, reasoning in our strong suit. Um, people were suggesting that this is just a message, like, about them as a band. Like, that they are they got through all these things. They got through, you know, tempers and mood swings and everything. And it's just a message that now we're better than ever. I see it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much as much about the band as you. I mean, and, like, when you really look at it on, like, a deeper tone, like... 
by this time the lineup of the band had changed so many times so like i get it because yeah. they, they've had members that left because of connor yeah i mean i just read a little bit but yeah i mean that's what some of the fans are saying that it's about that and i mean it's just or well i shouldn't say because of connor because they because they all don't see necessarily see eye to eye with each other well, that's gonna happen i mean that happens with so many bands yeah i mean sadly unusual look at oasis they were brothers. They don't even talk anymore. They hate each other. Yikes. Yeah, right? Um, <clears throat> that was a super random <laughs> reference to bring out, but I'm not sorry about it. Um, okay, here's Wonderwall. No. <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're welcome, because now you all have that stuck in your head. Um, so. Yeah, so last track. Well, so I thought. <laughs> um on Spotify, this is the last track, but we were seeing on another track list that there was a 12th track, which, no, I'm not, I don't buy it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, so track 11, it won't be long. Um, this is the darkest song on the album, um, I think. I mean, this one is almost a storytelling in its own song um, about a murder, someone that kill, killed people and he's being hanged in front of other people. Yeah. Um, this one, the lyrics were dark. I mean, not surprising. I've said that like 10 times this time. But like, men and monsters both make mistakes. But every man who cries and begs for time enough to breathe, you'll find a million more monsters like me. And I was like, yeah, like, like you can kill this guy, but there's going to be oh, yeah. a lot more. So like, what's the point? Yeah. And it kind of leaves you wondering, just like the end of train wreck and i feel like this was a really good way to end the album because i was just like whoa like i had that almost the same feeling yeah as when i listened to, to train wreck plus like the the music itself in this track makes it almost like eerie yeah yeah i feel like it's like their cliffhanger yeah well <laughs> cliffhanger according to everything except apparently wikipedia and whatever site you found that on yeah, so that's that's what I was confused. I mean, because this was the last track, and it felt final. Yeah. And then I was looking at some sites with lyrics and saw a 12th track, and I'm like, what the hell? So I sent it to you because I was like, you would know if there's a 12th track. Because, I mean... I had never heard it. No, and it doesn't feel like it fits. I mean, we listen to it. It sounds like a different band, almost. I mean, maybe the band sounds the same. sounds like a different... No, it sounds... I'm a different vocalist. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like it was recorded at, at a different time. I don't even remember it, what it was called. Yeah, I was going to say, can you pull up the title for that? Oh, yeah, I can. Because um, it wasn't on Spotify No, it's not on Spotify, which is even weirder. Because, like, I understand that it's a B-side. That that's I did the research on that. And well, it's... the only thing I found... I mean, I didn't find anything about it. The only thing I found was on wikipedia it said b-side yeah it's like, it just says that it's a b-side to the um, album which it is okay called hints of acqui something Acquis I acquiescence yes yeah i was gonna say acquisition but that's not right it's acquiescence yeah yeah i mean it's a it's an interesting song i don't hate it but like it definitely doesn't sound like boys night out no and i don't and think I, that... I would really i'd be really interested to hear any type of insight on 
what's up with this track, why it was... Because, like, I, I own this album. Like, I... I it's not on there. Okay, if it's a B-side. They don't usually list B-sides yeah. on a on a album. But like, like they this. they've even had cuz when after this album came out, there was also an EP that was released that was like alternative versions of some of the, their songs. I think it was called uh 50,000 People Can't Be Wrong or something like that. And um it wasn't on there either. Um I'll have to take a look. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think if, if there's a few clear favorites here. And um, I mean, I like I like the whole album. I think a lot of these are my favorite for one reason or another. Yeah. Um, yeah, Get Your Head Straight and um, Swift and Unforgiving. I mean, both of them. Both. I don't know. Both got stuck in my head about the same. Um, the Heirs of Error, I mean, that one's very timely for now. Yeah. Um, let me be your swear word. I mean, that one, what's not to like? So, yeah, I mean, it's a good album. Yeah. I really I, enjoyed it. Yeah, I I figured that that this would be one that you would really enjoy because you enjoyed how poetic yeah, I mean, their first one was. And I think because their lyrics are just so deep in so many different ways. Yeah, I'm not sure that I would have. I don't know. I'm not sure I would have known they were almost, the, you know, the same. Because I think the lyrics are poetic. The music's, you know, very similar. But, like, they have grown as a band. So you can tell. Oh, yeah. Um, like, it's one of those things where if if uh, if I put both albums next to each other without telling you who they were and you listened to them, you wouldn't necessarily relate that it's the same band. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I, I like them both for for different reasons, and I can't say whether I like one or the other better. Yeah, because they both have, you know, reasons why. Reasons why I, you know, would prefer one over the other. Right. So. Yeah. No. I. It's. This is another one of those like in my top ten favorite albums of all time. Really. Yeah. Absolutely. I should really compile this top 10 at some point. I know. Is there really only 10? Cause... Yeah, because I feel like I've said that before, and it's like definitely beyond 10. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe maybe that'll be an episode. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So, but I'm, I'm glad that you... Yeah. I'm glad that you enjoyed this, and, uh, you know, I'm glad that we were able to come back around kind of full circle on this episode so uh what else have you been listening to new music wise um, I well gonna... i don't doesn't have to be new music but music that you've discovered we'll say um i don't know i've gone back to just some of the the stuff that i you know listened to kind of recently um less than jake i mean i i went back to that because i mean it's a what did you think of their new track did you listen to it yeah i did it's good it's really good mm-hmm it's very it's different though i it, it's kind of got a different vibe to it it's it's still less that. than jake but it's 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 kind of different yeah i can see that it's good though i i hope that it it becomes at least an ep or something yeah i went back to that just because it's my i don't know my good mood music yeah well i mean 
what's not to like there with everything going on these days i mean you know i just kind of wanted to escape in the music a little bit um well i know i can definitely name one that we both listened to right off the top of my head to the new album from goalkeeper oh yeah such so a, good so good i mean it's only what five tracks <laughs> i think but like damn it's it's really really good yeah yeah i mean i like them all but like there were a couple standout ones i mean i really liked uh what was it sunshine sunshine no is that right i think so yeah and there's happy is that one of them no no i'm gonna look now i'm gonna look but yeah, I, I really. It's not the playlist I made you. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, sunshine. Yeah, definitely was very, very, very pleased with that album. Yeah. Like. Like I said, I mean, I found them by accident, kind of recently, and I I was pleased with the new stuff. Yeah, I I really really liked it. Yeah, so um, I I listened to a bunch of podcasts recently. I got caught up on a few that I was behind. So uh, a couple more things that I've been listening to. Uh, I think I sent you the track from, it's a local band, uh, Lookout Loretta. Yeah, it popped up on my thing today because I liked it. So yeah, it, their, their new track, they just recently released it and it's it's really fucking good. Well, yeah, I mean, I liked it and then later on I was listening and I was like, this is really good and then i looked and i remembered yeah. you sent it to me um really good and then i would say probably my the other thing that i've listened to a lot uh is the new album from the artist joji yeah you were talking about that it's oh god it's so good it's so 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 good um and then on my new music radar uh was the new album from from machine gun kelly and we had a conversation about this we'll we'll take a quick dive into this because i'm not a big machine gun kelly fan as far as his rap music is concerned not that i have what what happened playlist whoopsie uh Sorry about that. Shink chips. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never been a fan of like the rest of his music, but I, I saw within the last couple of years that he was trying to move towards a more like like pop punk kind of emo y music kind of vibe. And I was like, okay, this sounds like it could be interesting. And then uh, he released the cover of. Uh, Misery Business by Paramore and I was like oh this should be cool and then I listened to it and I was like oh my fucking god (laughs) cause it's just (sighs) I played it for you yeah it's (sighs) bless his heart you know (laughs) he tried uh it had so many things going for it because like the guitar work was pretty good he had travis barker on drums so like it had so much going for it but like the vocals were not there yeah and so like i really hated that cover and when his album was coming out i think in the back of my mind i really wanted to hate it 
but I had heard the song My Bloody Valentine on the radio. And I was like, this is a pretty catchy song. Like radio. I know, right? It's a weird <laughs> it's a weird mystical you just, like, place. Turn it on and music comes out. Yeah, it's weird. I don't <laughs> I don't anyway. know. It, it honestly I think it comes as an automatic feature in my car. It's like when I turn the car on, it's just magically anyway. Anyway. So like I heard that track and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like I don't hate this. But like I, I hate but like I still <laughs> but like I still really wanted to to not to not like this album. And then I listened to it when it came out. Oh, you know what I listened to this week that I didn't hate? And uh it was good. <laughs> I mean, like I enjoyed it and I would definitely listen to it again. Uh and I was disappointed in that because I, I just... Disappointed in yourself? I was disappointed in myself. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm disappointed, you know? But it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was, it was pretty good. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll include one track from that album so that you all can listen to it. And then you can make your best judgment and listen to the rest of it, if you so please. Yeah, I did listen to something new, and I remember only when you said I didn't hate it. A song by Vin Diesel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Random. So that random. Was super. <laughs> oh, my God. It was not what I expected at all. No. And I didn't expect it to even exist, number one. Number right. two, which like, is like... Super weird. Yeah. Didn't I, hate it. No, I didn't hate it either. I but... wanted to... I don't know. I don't think I wanted to hate it. I wanted to like it. Well, that was like when I found out that Jeremy Renner makes music and I was like, wait, what? Like Hawkeye makes music? And then I listened to the stuff and I was like, oh, like this is pretty damn good. Yeah, I was like, mm, yeah. I don't know why I started saying like, I don't think I like anything that wasn't like typically a you know, musical artist. But then I was like, hmm, there's like Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to listen to. No, but I mean... There's those one-offs sometimes that you're just like, what in the world? I really like what I really like that song back in the day. I don't know why. Um, yes, what I was trying to figure out is there was another song I was listening to, um, which popped up <laughs> by accident. Bad Religion, Faith Alone 2020. That one. I liked it, but again, very, very political. Oh, well, I mean, first Obviously. of all, I mean, it's Bad Religion, <laughs> so like... It's expected. You get what you get. Yeah, I know. But it's just funny because, like, when I hear, you know, the songs that it's not in your face, it makes me think of, like, I don't know. <laughs> there, There's bands that political songs are not in your face, and then there's Bad Religion. <laughs> and their songs are... It's See, so it's, sad because there's a there's a time and a place for all of it. I was going to say, it's interesting because, like, I've been going back through their catalog because I'm a nerd and I do that sometimes because I love bad religion and even listening this is this might not make sense but maybe you'll you'll get it when I say it even listening to some of their albums from like the late 80s early 90s in today's climate some of it fucking makes sense like when you listen to the messages behind some of the songs you're like Oh, fuck. Like, what? 
Like, why does this seem relevant to me now? And this album came out 30 years ago. Like, but then it makes me think, like, were things that bad 30 years ago? Because, I mean, things are pretty damn bad right now. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I was young, so. Yeah, I feel like when some of that stuff was coming out, it was, you know, the end of the Cold War. And, like, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall and, you know. Now we want to, now they want to make another wall. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. All right. We got to reel this one in, guys. Uh, I think it was, we, we, we had a good time here today. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll make sure to get all of this compiled up in some fashion into a playlist <laughs> for you guys to listen to so that you can listen along to what we listened to and talked about. Um. You know, I just want to give a little shout out. I, I haven't really mentioned him very much, but, uh, you know, big thanks to our producer, James. Um, you know, the, you know, without him, really, you know, we, we would have really been struggling to get this thing off the ground. So, you know, thanks a lot, dude. Um, you know, he will eventually have him on an episode in the future uh, because he has... He's got some very interesting taste in music, so he'll he'll definitely give us something interesting to listen to for sure. Um, that being said, you can find us on most social medias. We have an Instagram and a Twitter, both the same handle. It's at S I M H Pod. Uh, we're also on Facebook. You can just look us up. We'll add you into the group, and. Uh, as always, you know, just try and share music with everybody and, uh, you know, enjoy what you're listening to. Thanks, guys. Thanks.